I love a beautiful lawn. You love a beautiful lawn. Everybody loves a beautiful lawn, but they don't love how long it takes and how difficult it can be. And that is where True Green comes into play because it's the easiest and most affordable way to get that beautiful lawn. Let's be real. You've got plenty of other things to do in your free time than focus on your lawn care. So let True Green take care of all of that hard work while you get to do everything else that you want to do like go play golf. Here's what you need to do. Visit truegreen.com. Okay. It allows you to do you let them do the lawn care. And if you visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, that is all guaranteed. You can trust true green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. It's truegreen.com. Get started now. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's Wyndham Championship. Joining me to break it all down, Patrick McDonald is here. Patrick, good day. Good day, fellas. What's going on? Uh, you know, battling some injuries this time of year, going into the playoffs, coming down with a little something. We're talking medicine in the green room, uh, but you got to power through. It's what the pros do, and, and you got to figure a way to get it done. A true flu game situation for Patrick this week. Greg Ducharme is here. Gregors, hey, buddy. Uh, what's going on, boys? I am not coming down with anything, fortunately. No flu game for me, so I'm at uh, I'm at top notch, full tank. At the end of the season, feeling fresh, feeling ready to go. The uh, the conversation we were just having it having was uh, with Tom Kim not defending this week because of injury. Was there anybody else this year who did not defend their title? Now we threw out a couple of live guys, some guys who you know graduated from some of like the alternate field events. So if you're in the chat, we're looking for a regular. Full field event in which a golfer was eligible to defend and they did not. I think it had to have happened before, Greg. I just can't think. I, I'm, I'm scrolling through now and I, I, I can't I can't find one yet. Yeah, I, I think um, there's a couple with the live players. There's Cam no. Smith, Joaquin Neiman, yeah. uh, Hudson Swafford is Patrick with quite a pull. Um, but, How do you forget that one? <laughs> But other than that, I, I can't think of any. So there's there's a lot of events on the on the schedule during the season. I, I think I think they pretty much everybody defends, which is a cool I, I, thing about the PGA Tour. I just checked both of I I thought Sam Burns, who had Sanderson Farms and uh, Valspar, and I thought maybe with him playing a lot of elevated events. Oh, I guess I should check that one too. I thought that he, he might 
did he defend at Colonial? Yeah, I think I, uh, I think he came in tied sixth. So that's what that was what I was kind of looking for, but I couldn't I couldn't find one yet. I'm still looking. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, we were planning on Patrick probably just having the like FedEx Cup bubble conversation and what does so and so need to do to get in, right? There's only so much we probably could have talked about on this Tuesday. However, the golf content gods shined down on us, gave us a nice push notification this morning that actually deterred you, sent you back to the desk, Patrick. You got to write some more, huh? Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, I was going out, going to pick up some medicine, some uh, some Zycam. That's what I'm, I'm yeah. working with this week. I get a little ring on my phone from our Slack channel, and it's like, we need this now. I just see like Tiger Woods name player director sprint back in there. Like Usain Bolt sub four forty most likely uh, unofficial unofficial. And I get the job done because like I said, it's that time of year. You got to batten down the hatches and just go to work. The headline PGA tour agrees with players on new governance. That's a good word. And transparency measures welcomes Tiger Woods as a policy board member. I will spare you the super boring details, but the gist of it is as a part of new transparency and governance measures, Tiger Woods has agreed to join the tours policy board as a sixth player director. So now the board will include six player directors, five independent directors and the PGA of America director. So, uh, Greg, I, I will I will get into more of these details, but what this, in essence, does is swing the balance of power of the board towards the players. They now have the biggest chunk of voice, so to speak. Yes, and also... You know, they're they're going to any any this is there's a potential gray area here, but any any future shifting, you know, monumental decision uh, is going to be made with the, the player director's input first, which is probably has probably never needed before. You know, most of the big things that happen on the PGA Tour before live as far as the direction of the tour have been, um, you know, who's going to sponsor, like we're going to get FedEx to sponsor and there's going to be a big payout at the end of the year for you. Like as a player, I don't, I don't need input on that. You know? So we, we haven't really like, that's great for me. Everything has been to enhance the um, ability for the players on the PGA tour. So there's been very little, need to know situations that are future shifting like this. And, and now all of a sudden there's really big future decisions. You know, the, the structure, the layout of the, the PGA tour, as we know, it feels like it's in, in the air to some degree right now. So I, I find that to be an interesting aspect. The other aspect that I find interesting is that this comes from 41 players, including Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods, uh, and Bryce Garnett players. 
Bryce Garnett, right? I'm sure there's a number. We got 41 guys that send a letter to the PGA Tour on Monday, and this comes out on Tuesday. And that's that's a, a pretty swift form of action. So I think the PGA Tour right now is in this mode of regaining trust of players, and they want to do anything they can to make the players feel like their their voice is heard. This is a step in the right direction. Now, I, I have a concern with this right now because um, also, like I said earlier, never before have there been future swaying decisions to be made where player input would be required at this kind of level. Um, there also haven't really been very many decisions with a deadline like this, uh. right? A January 1st deadline. And I think that's a big aspect because now you've added voices. Uh, you've added input. And anytime you add input, um, it, it decisions take longer to make. Like if I if I ask my kids what they want to eat, I'm going to get two different answers, right? Because they're both going to want something different, and there's going to be a discussion about it, an argument, tears, uh, all of that. Whereas if I just give them something, there's still maybe tears, but the the decision time is <laughs> is a lot less, and they're going to be eating something a whole lot healthier. Uh, so, you know, when you add voices into into discussions, decisions tend to take longer. That's my biggest concern. Yeah. So this this memo would go on to say that the tour, the players, Commissioner Monahan, are going to amend the policy board's governing documents to make it clear that, quote, no major decision can be made in the future without the prior involvement of and approval of the player directors. Secondly, the player director special advisor, that's Colin Neville, uh, will be fully aware of the state of the negotiations contemplated by the framework agreement and provided with all the access of documents and information that he needs to carry out his duties. There will also be this commitment to full transparency moving forward and Tiger Woods getting that coveted spot as player director on the board. Uh, to me, Patrick, Greg is right. The PGA Tour has a trust and transparency issue. Tiger Woods is the answer to that issue. Well, I would say Jay Monahan has a trust and transparency I issue. I 100% agree that Jay Monahan has a trust and transparency issue, not the PGA Tour. And I think he, he showed his cards last week with that player's memo that was leaked where you have all these governing bodies, when they make a decision, it's a press release. The PJ tours. What if, what if that player memo was never leaked? What if the athletic never got its hands on it? It, it was kind of just thrown into random news that Jason Gore got promoted, uh, that Patrick Cantley and Webb Simpson are going to be on this search committee for Randall Stevenson's replacement. And, you know, just for clarity, Tiger's not replacing Randall Stevenson. They still have to add another person Correct. to this board. Um, and he kind of just threw that in there and it, to me, it came across as I am Jay Monahan, and I need job security ASAP. I need to appease to the players who all of them don't want to want anything to do with the rollback, except, you know, Rory's been on record saying if the ball is rolled back, he'd probably play that rolled back ball in PGA tour competition, which is a nightmare for the PGA tour. Exactly. I mean, you say it without saying it type of deal. Mm -hmm. um, and, and he kind of showed his hand where 
all he really cares about right now after pulling off this deal behind everyone's back is damage control and job security. And so for the PGA tour players to pounce on this, like they, they did kudos to them. And to Greg's point, I, I really have two main questions. And <clears throat> the first one is that timeline. Uh, it, it has to be in jeopardy when you add new voices to the table uh, like it says there, Colin Neville, who only spells his name with one L, bit of a red flag in my opinion, uh, is going back and forth between the players. He's kind of the middleman. He, he gets to see all the details, all the documents, all the negotiate, no, negotiating going back and forth. And this is the same guy who was at the Delaware meeting last year as well. Mm-hmm. So, so, so they know him quite well. You add all these voices, like a Rory McIlroy who says, I hate live. I still hate live. You got – you got the live boys still saying Phil Mickelson still tweeting who like, we're still fine. We're going to do great. So now you're really going to (laughs) push these guys in a pinch where that last one player directors have the authority to approve or deny any changes to the tour as part of the framework agreement discussions. Okay. Well, Yasser wants these guys to play, you know, one team event a year. Rory's like, uh, uh, not happening. Who's, you're just adding more and more budging back and forth. And we have – it's August 1st. You've got five months, August, September. I think that's five. Five full months to figure this all out. And you add more voices. you got – Greg, congrats. you got more kids. you got five more kids to feed. Uh, the, <laughs> right. the, yeah, that's, a, that's a problem. The Is Tiger Woods – and I think the answer is yes. He's the only guy – that the players would care about to be put in a position like this. You well, know, he, he is the right. impenetrable one who turned down close to a billion dollars, stayed loyal. They, they have basically taken his vision, his words. We've heard this throughout the last two years. Hey, if Tiger doesn't like it, I don't like it. Or when we get to the Delaware meeting, who was running the show there? Who's pulling, who flies in with Ricky? Just for the yeah. meeting, Tiger does right. Don't I mean, about Ricky, don't forget about Ricky. So the the idea, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure if this makes it more likely that the framework agreement becomes a reality or less likely. But I, but Tiger Woods has the sway of all of these names and then some. The beauty of this is, while there's five more mouths to feed, there's one representative. You know, and and I think that having, again, go back to the kids analogy, or we can shift to a, a political analogy. Um, the the executive branch can make decisions a whole lot quicker than Congress because it's one guy against a whole lot of people. And when you have someone like Tiger Woods sitting there, um, his voice and his sway can take these five players and unite them together. Um, you know, there there were these rumors about uh, a coup that was being started um, with what well, I was with Patrick Cantlay. I, I don't know whether that's true or not, Ooh, but they can't lay, mm-hmm. you know, it just it, I'm not I'm not trying to call out Patrick Cantlay in any way here. I'm just saying if one of these five players has an ulterior motive and wants to halt this deal, in essence, that becomes possible with this news. But 
I also think it's a whole lot harder to do when you have Tiger Woods sitting there, you know, and do you really want to try to pull something off that's on the, on the shady side to benefit yourself in front of Tiger Woods? I think that's going to be a whole lot harder to do. So, you know, impenetrable Rick is a great word to ex- explain Tiger. Um, but the hope for me is that they understand how important it is for the tours future success to get a deal done. You know, and, and some at some point you're going to have to make compromises. You're going to have to do things that you don't want to do. Um, things are going to be in there that you don't like, but it, hopefully that's for a long-term benefit. Yeah, I, I think, well, when the, the player's first demand, according to the Washington Post, was to put Tiger on the board. That was like number one. Like, you got to put him on the board. We already talked to him behind your back. He said yes. Um <laughs> no offense, you weren't in that conversation, Jay. Uh and I think the second point is we talk about this majority being six five in the player's favor. The PGA director or PGA of America director, John Lindert, I guess he does have a voting right per the Washington Post, but he doesn't usually exercise it. He abstains. So it, yeah, if if the if Jay and you know the rest of them guys, Jimmy, Eddie. Uh, they all want to throw a Hail Mary. It's probably going to be, you know, kissing the feet of, of Johnny Boy. That is interesting. It's it's truly, we've entered full succession. Uh, <laughs> right. Realms. I mean, we can start making those comps at, at, at any point here. The the thing about this, and, and Patrick, I'm going to go back to you here because I, you were kind of getting down this road where Tiger Woods and, and Josh threw this in the chat as well. I think he kind of streamlines things a little bit, right? Because I think now what Tiger wants is what most players are probably going to agree. So he streamlines kind of that side of things. But just the public discourse of have we gotten any closer to making framework reality? Phil Mickelson is letting us know None of the live guys want to be a part of this. Why, why would they? They've got the best end of the deal, right? You know, they, they don't want to be a part of this. You've got trust issues on Jay Monahan's side of things. We've got a ticking time bomb. We have a schedule that is apparently going to be released for next year, next week. We've got a lot of stuff to figure out and not a lot of time to do it. Does, does, does the news from today, in your opinion, make it more likely framework comes to reality or less likely. Hmm. That's a very good question. Cause you would think there's a somewhat united front now. Uh, Kevin Streelman talked about it saying, you know, Jay said a lot of the right things last week in the PAC meeting. You have this come to light. I mean, I mean, what, what could Jay Monahan have done if he said no to these 41 players? If he was like, you know what, Tiger Woods, Sorry, buddy. Like, does that does that scenario ever cross his mind? I don't think it does. Not because if he he's in the job. He's in such a pickle. He's up against the ropes that he had he has to do it. And the the players felt that. Does this mean the framework agreement is streamlined? I I don't I don't think so. Because even though Tiger Woods is this voice. There's just so many differing opinions on this. Still, even on the PGA Tour, it comes across as a united front. Not everyone has the same opinion on it. 
there's a chance Tiger punts this, Greg, right? And it's just like, this stinks. Why, you know, these guys, these guys aren't going to play team events. They're not going to do this, that, and the other thing. And also Tiger does have to, I think Tiger is obviously a good representative for a lot of reasons, but the idea that he doesn't outside of money, which he doesn't need and has already turned down, he doesn't necessarily have to, he, he shouldn't be thinking for himself. This is a guy that if we're lucky is going to play four times a year for the next, like if we're lucky, right? So he does, he is only looking out for everybody else because he is kind of so far removed from the game right now. It, right. It doesn't matter what happens. I mean, he does have an event on the PGA tour. Um, one event, but again, he also, he has the hero world challenge, you know, he, he, he is one of the very few players who can create an event with no tour attached and have oh, yeah. some of the if best players in the world. The tour, you'd get the same players, the same venue, the same people, nothing. Right. Would change. So he's largely unaffected right. more so than anybody else. I do think that's a good thing to have on, on your side. Um, but he also, he doesn't have anything really to lose. Right. So if he takes a hard stance and says this isn't worth it and it ends up going badly for the PGA Tour, you kind of have created a little bit of a problem. Um, Now, I don't know what's going to happen, so I'm not saying that's going to and I doubt it will. I I do. I think that um, that Tiger Woods also has an effect on uh, on Yasser. Right. I, I think he affects the other side in the negotiating table. And if there's ever a situation where he wants to sit down in a, in a meeting with Yasser, I, I think Tiger has a little bit of pull there, right? I mean, you have this opportunity to get to get into that world. And I think that's a, that's an attractive thing to the, to the PIF to be a part of that. So the question, just like in any negotiation is who wants it more and who has, more to lose. And I, I know that the PGA tour has a lot to lose. I don't know what the PIF has to lose and they may feel like they have a lot, like they have to get the deal done. My concern is that they don't, that's the concern to me, but they might. So I don't know how all that's going to play out. And then I just wanted to add one more thing on, uh, on Jay Monahan. And I do, I think this speaks in a positive light to him. Because I do think he had another option. He could have gotten a definitive agreement done without player consent. Right? This could get signed, sealed, and delivered. He could bend the knee to Yasser, if you will, gotten this done and, and cemented himself as the CEO of this framework agreement. And players would have been really upset. But it could, he could have built in job security, I think. Uh, maybe not, but it feels like he could have pushed this down the road a little bit farther and it would have been very demonstrative. It would have been the wrong thing to do, um, but, but he could have gone that way. And I think the fact he didn't I mean, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to deal with that kind of stuff. He, I really do think he wants to do what's best for the players. And, and this is um, at least a step in showing that let's I, I, get past. I, I, I think the, the tiger points, really interesting from greg where we could have a little you could call it negotiating you could call it quid uh quid pro quo no where quid pro quo. 
we saw it there in the initial framework agreements, how bad Yasser and Piff wanted Tiger. You think about him owning a live golf team, him playing 10 times in a year, <laughs> him going to Saudi Arabia. They wanted every 10 times in his backyard a year. Yeah, it was literally uh, one of Greg's kids was putting it together. It's like, <laughs> we want more Tiger. We want to see Tiger all the time. Uh, where Tiger, if if he is doing this out of the goodness of his heart and for the legacy of the PGA Tour and what everyone wants to assume, which we have no real reason not to, he could be like, you know what, Yasser? Fine. I'll play once in Saudi Arabia for you. I'll do it. And then – Get all this come back in PGA Tour's favor. Like Greg said, a little, right. little give and take. Listen, uh, I can't do 10, but I could do one. Exactly. Oh, oh, Drop oh, that yeah, zero. Tiger, we'd, love, we'd love to have you. Exactly. We'd love to have you. Um, so I, I think that'll be very interesting if that – I assume it'll be brought up some way, some way, shape, or form. Let's, let's really go off the rails here. What is the likelihood in the next five – weeks months years tiger woods is the commissioner of the pga tour that's part one i have part two is way way crazier uh no i don't think he'll do it he doesn't want it to, he doesn't want to he doesn't want a full-time job why, why does he need to do it yeah no he can be the quasi commissioner he basically yeah. is you know he basically is so he doesn't need to tackle the responsibilities of you know, signing corporate deals. Okay. Part two. This one keeps me up at night. What is stopping Tiger Woods from rounding up his billionaire buddies, taking these 41 players and making the Tiger tour with all the parts of live that they want, all the parts of the PGA tour, that they want the most player friendly, whatever you want to pitch this as there is no tournament that currently exists that could not exist. If tiger made a phone call, they would go to Jack's place and play the Memorial. You'd have all the legacy still built in because they play the same events at the same courses. I feel a lot like, the PGA Tour is unfortunately in a position like the NCAA is in. The NCAA exists because it's always existed. And that's just been the framework. And as schools got more powerful, as athletes have gotten more powerful, you see things like the NIL. You see things like all of this conference uh, reorganization. We are like 10 years away from the NCAA no longer existing. Because it doesn't have to. If University of Texas and the University of Alabama and all these big schools came together and said, yeah, we're going to have a football championship. We're not going to do it under the NCAA and we're just going to put it all together. It would be just as popular as it is now. So what is stopping that from happening? Well, well, Rick, I, I, I like where you're heading. I like this path we're going down. The view is great. And to take it one step further, we could even build a campus – down there in Florida, have teams of of three, <laughs> all vir all virtual since Tiger Woods can't walk. We'll oh, play yeah, Monday he's, nights. We'll he's already doing this, right? Right. Strictly Monday nights, <laughs> and we'll call it the TGL. Oh, the Golf League. The Golf League. 
<laughs> yeah, you're right. But you know what I mean? Like it, it's just like I know there's a lot of logistics in play, but we have learned, Greg, that the PGA tour was not as protected as maybe anybody thought or considered, or maybe no one even thought or considered because it didn't matter before. The reason uh the 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 reason the PGA tour wasn't protected, if you will, is because it's all the players make up the PGA tour. Right. 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 And so players have individual choice. And when there's no options, they play the best place to play, which is the PGA tour. And all of a sudden you get another option and there's an opportunity to make more money. Uh, Some players decide to go that direction. So if tiger, if he could fund that, which I'm, I'm sure he could, it would be something that's, um, very possible to him, but it just, it feels like tiger wants the PGA tour to exist. It feels like tiger likes the PGA tour. He thinks the PGA tour should exist. And, and he is the most important aspect in that, right? He would be the most important domino to fall. So, I mean, it's his world and we're all living in it, which has been said before. Uh, but, but I think, if you're a PGA tour fan like me, uh, you're glad to have tiger on your side. There, there, there is really, I mean, we talk about it all the time. The idea of the ramifications of tiger woods for the last 30 years will, will be felt for a long time. It's purses, it's players and how good they are, how many are playing. It is now like potentially the future of the league. It, it is crazy just how impactful on this sport, not a league, not a league, not a game, not a game talking about the sport. He has been incredibly impactful on talk about practice. We're not talking. We're talking about practice, not a game, <laughs> not a game Talk about practice. Um, anything else on this before we put a pin in it? I guess this will not be the last time we talk about it. It will not. I have a feeling next week there's going to be, discussions to to be had about this as well so we will we will get a glimpse at the i guess 2024 schedule next week that's what we've been promised yep. i would imagine that's done already it has to be yeah and then jaybird talks at east lake will that be his first that'll be his first public well he usually talks at the travelers championship but i don't he was uh yeah since coming back from the health concerns, I, that was that'll be his first time. Hmm. All right, not the last time we'll talk about it. We will shift our attention to the Wyndham Championship. We will release the amazing wagers and the impactful one and done selections. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash cbssports. 
That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets. And we're back. The Wyndham Championship. The final event of the regular season. We have talked about it quite a bit officially Patrick, Justin Thomas, the biggest name on the outside looking in 79th entering the week. He was 70th entering the 3M Open MC there. Now he is 79th. I'm kind of done. I'm tired talking about JT, honestly. I had to write an article last week about his FedEx Cup playoff chances. And then I had to write another article this week about his FedEx Cup playoff chances. (laughs) They're still not good. (laughs) Uh, So he needs... At a minimum, a, a two-way tie for 18th would put him exactly tied with Austin Eckro this week. Minimum, um, because if other guys jump him or whatever. So solo 18th, he's he's past that, but he needs a ton of help. Top 10 is probably like 50-50-ish, and then top five, he's probably feeling good about himself. But look, it's just been, been a bad year. Uh, it's his least amount of top fives. I think he has five top 18 finishes all year in 20 starts. So that doesn't look too well for him. And the iron, iron play, everything just kind of stinks. I mean, like you said, what more is there to say about this guy? He's lost strokes on approach in four straight events. That's the first time in his career. So it's not really looking like it's going to be coming back anytime soon. You have the good vibes of his, his first PGA tour event being here when he opened with a 65, when he was like two years old, um, but outside of that, I mean, the course, if you can put it in the fairway, maybe, um, but I don't know. I, I, re- I really like you. I don't have a lot more to say about him, except maybe his vice captainship was just taken by Stuart sink for the U S Ryder cup team. I think that part is even more interesting, Greg. I mean, I, at this point, barring a, a win, like I no, I'm I'm done. To, I think this is he needs to play well, Greg. He's probably not going to play well. If he does, he might extend his season for one more week. He would need he would need to get scorching hot to change the trajectory of this season and this Ryder Cup for him. But we are we. It, this is a this is just we are running out the clock on JT. Yeah, it's it's just he has to get scorching hot right now on a golf course that does not suit his game. Right. I mean, what are the most important things here? Uh, driving accuracy. That's a, always been a weakness for JT. Mm-hmm. Uh, putting. I mean, he might be putting with a shoe <laughs> this week. He he actually, right. He actually might. He told us he might. So, uh, I mean, I think the this is not the place where you want to have your playoff hopes on the line, which is disappointing. I also, I mean, I, I think he needs a, a at least a top ten, just like Patrick. I mean, I look at this uh, when you look at the the FedEx Cup points right now. Um, players are going to pass Austin Eckro that number anyway, right? So five ninety four is going to move, and and I think 
you could conservatively say the target is 640 FedEx Cup points, um, which would be right now, Steven Yeager's 64th. He's at 641. Uh, Matt Neesmith is at 65. He's at 637. So if you just say, hey, I mean, let's say five guys move from out to in. I think that's a pretty conservative number. That would be normal, right? Correct. Be, yeah, on the normal side of things. Um, now all of a sudden you got to get to 640. I mean, that that's that makes it tough on anybody on the outside looking in. You start to think about how you move up a spot. Nobody can lose FedEx Cup points, so you have to pat. It's all the the spots that change are all about people who pass, and the more people who every every person who jumps 594 stretches the top 70 number. So, I mean, you really need significant amount of points. That would be sick if miss cuts were minus 50. Well, JT would be in the negative. Oh yeah, he wouldn't. (laughs) But that would be so sick if guys could go backwards. I I will say the the one good thing, if you're Justin Thomas, is they're heading TPC Southwind where he's won, Olympia Fields, East Lake, across those three golf courses. He has not finished outside the top 26 in his career. You think he should cancel those? It's it's one of those situations where we've got an eight and eight football team who looks down in the dumps, but I don't know if you want to see them week one. They're like, they're like a, a date, like a dangerous wildcard team. They play their way in on wildcard weekend. They get hot. They get a couple of good draws. Next. I don't know. Uh, the the Justin Thomas that has never finished outside the top twenty six <laughs> in any of those events is very different than the one that is trying to get into them this week. I have a rules question that's probably more compelling than the Justin the Justin Thomas. We've just I mean it's it's I understand it's a huge story, but everybody has talked about it for the last month as they rightfully should. Um, question for you, Greg. So I've been doing this thing when I've been playing golf where I will I'm on the green, I mark my ball with a T. I'm usually playing by myself, mark it with a T, pick my ball up, clean it with my towel. Then what I will do, because I use the line on my ball, is I have to line up the ball to putt, but the T's in the way. So what I do is I just pick up the T and put it in my pocket, and nobody cares. The little hole that my T makes, would that count as a sufficient mark? Because you can use like anything to mark your ball on the green, right? Once you... Once you remove your mark, the ball is in play. But what if I remove my mark but leave another mark? Can you change marks? Can I change marks? If you're so, playing by yourself, you can, Rick. What if I'm playing on the PGA tour? <laughs> I I don't there was a situation with Keegan Bradley where um what happened? He picked up his mark and then adjusted the line and was penalized for it. Or something, um, and and so the reason I remember this situation is once you when when you mark your ball and you pick up the the coin or whatever the marker is, mm. the ball is in play, and so now you can't now you can't touch it. You'd have to remark to adjust, but you can do. But what if I re, what if I'm remarking it, Patrick, with the indention that my T my previous mark made. No, I'm picking up what you're throwing down. My question is, um, so you are technically putting with your mark still down. That's 
that's the million dollar. Oh, yes. That's why you can't do it. So if we, right. So if we agree that my second mark is a mark, I am putting with my marker still down. You, right, that, that green could be littered with your marks. Mark. <laughs> yeah, it probably, probably doesn't, probably doesn't, doesn't work. So, um, no, I recommend using a coin. I do. One is a penny. Yes, I do mm-hmm. most of the time, but I've I've uh, I forgot it the other day. So I was using a T, and then I was thinking as I'm readjusting this line, does this count? Rick, yeah. you get a lot of uh, poker chip boys out there in Vegas on ton, the greens. Ton of poker chip boys, mm. almost exclusively poker chip boys. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I wow. can imagine. Love a good big <laughs> poker chip, no matter how close to the hole it is. Love it. They absolutely love it. Let's do our bets. How about that for this week? So if you've just joined us for the first time, what are you doing? We are allocated 100 bucks from producer Josh. We take 50, put it on our matchup of choice. 30 on our finishing position of choice. 10 bucks each on two separate outrights. Then we beg him for 50 bucks more, but we'll get to that in just a second. Josh, please. Thank you. Let's start with the matchups. 50 bones. Patrick, where'd you go this week? Uh, Sedgefield Country Club member Alex Smalley, minus 110 over the big hitting Australian Cam Davis. Uh, I picked on Cam Davis last week, kind of punched me in the face, threw me in the locker, but that is not going to hinder me doing it again. Alex Smalley's playing great. Uh, Just finished runner up there at the John Deere Classic, snuck inside the top 10 at the Travelers Championship. A few nice finishes here as well, and the iron play looks red hot. So comfortable here. Cam Davis, I, he needs a big week for the FedEx Cup, but I don't really love the course fit for him. Cam Davis is 69th in the FedEx mm. Cup standings, technically on the inside, but certainly at risk. Greg, your matchup, please. My matchup uh, is Justin Saw over Adam Shank. Um, Adam Shank's favored in this one, but... I'm picking on him this week, even though I'm a I'm a huge fan. I've been big on him this year. I'm picking on him this week because he simply does not like this golf course. Um, his best finish here is a T51. Uh, while his form has been very good coming in, I, I again I, I don't think it necessarily suits his game. Uh, there doesn't seem to be a big advantage to uh, a lot of power, a lot of club head speed and distance, which is Adam Adam Shank's specialty. Um, and I and I worry about that for him. And I think his resume, his record speaks to that. Uh, Justin Saw, on the other hand, has been extremely consistent, um, making well, I think he's made eight cuts in a row and the putter has been red hot. And this is a rare week where I really I, I put a lot of emphasis on guys who are great putters. You think back to many of the winners here, like Brant Snedeker, JT Poston, um, uh, and at Kevin Kisner as well, you know, guys who guys who win here have a tendency of being great putters. Um, and I think Justin's uh, not that I'm saying he's going to win, but I, I do think he's going to beat Adam Shank. The word consistency used there is part of the reason uh, I found Steven Yeager over Chris Kirk. Yeager is he's been very good and he's got a lot of these finishes like 13th to 30th, right? Just a bunch of stuff like that, which usually ends up working out very well in a matchup market, especially against just a, a random a random opponent. In this case, it is Chris Kirk. So I will 
lay it. I think the juice is worth the squeeze. Minus 130. Steven Yeager over Chris Kirk. Finishing position. Ooh, Patrick. Your finishing position also shows up on my betting card as an outright wager. So we are simpatico on this golfer. Who is it? Rick, you're crazy. You're a crazy guy over there. Outright on him. Uh, I did that last week as well. Um, Aaron Rye. You've seen this field. (laughs) Aaron Rye, top 20, two to one. Englishman is playing great. Tommy Two Gloves is in the field this week as well. Congrats. I'm not too sure if they're paired together or not, but uh, that could be a fun little thing going on. And he's just been, you know, one of the most accurate drivers with golf ball. The iron play is good. Has a bunch of great finishes. You think Rocket Mortgage, Canadian Open, top 20 last week. He's playing great. Um, He might not have a chance for the European Ryder Cup team, but he might, you know, be on the edge of Luke Donald's mind. Uh, And, I I mean, if he wins coming down the stretch here, I think that could change a lot. What a whiff to not have Aaron Rye and Tommy Two Gloves Ganey. Four gloves on on, – that that would have been uh, first time ever. First time ever. They could have put him then with Lucas Glover, no gloves. Oh, keep the total at four. Four. Four for three golfers. Never happened in the history of golf. The glove group. The glove group. Aaron Rye. Did he get paired with Luke Donald? Pardon? Did he get paired with Luke Donald? Aaron Rye will go out uh, in the afternoon off the 10th tee with Henrik Norlander and Dylan Fratelli while... Good old Tommy Two Gloves will get, oh boy, the early tee time, uh, 4.12 a.m. Pacific. That would be 7.12 a.m. Eastern with, oh, Chesson Hadley and Eric Cole. They did Eric Cole dirty with that early tee time. Wow. Rookie Rookie of the year, maybe. Is he technically a rookie? I guess he is technically a rookie. He should be. Yeah, he's got to be in the running. Who are the other options? I have no idea. Yeah, so. Taylor (laughs) Montgomery. Uh, yeah, Taylor Montgomery put too much, too much on tape this year. Yeah, peak too early. Would have been really good for his value <laughs> to stop playing in February and stop putting, <laughs> stop putting games on on film. Finishing position, Greg, please. I uh, like Harris English this week. Top thirty. Uh, you can get that at plus one fifty. I think Harris fits the mold for this golf course perfectly. Uh, his record here isn't stellar. Although it's pretty good, um, you know he made he he missed a cut last year, but made eight cuts in a row before that. Uh, three of his events are top twenty fives, um, so I, I really like Harris English because of his ability on the greens. And and recently, you know he before the Travelers Championship, he was playing some really good golf. Travelers and the U.S. Open uh, and Travelers and the Open didn't go great, uh, but I, I think he comes back into form this week on on a, on a perfect golf course for him. I actually did add Lucas Glover to my card here, plus 260 efficient inside the top 20. Missed the cut last week in about the best missed cut you could have ever asked for. Ball striking was there, lost a little bit with the putter, hoping that he can rebound. This week on a golf course, he's played like 15 times, something outrageous for Lucas Glover. Outrights and gents, we are very aligned with one of these. Uh, how about... Greg, you tell everyone who made each one of our cards. That would be Denny McCarthy. Now, it's felt this year, all season, like he was just 
ready to win. Um, and I don't, I don't know if there's a better spot for him on tour. I really don't. I mean, he, he plays great at positional golf courses like the travelers, like the, uh, like the players championship Bermuda is his best surface. He's the best putter on the PGA tour. I know he's third in strokes game put in, but I, I have a feeling after this week, he'll be ranked a little bit higher than that. Um, so the, the putter is the main attraction for me. Cause I think it's so important this week, but he's also accurate off the tee. So this kind of golf course, a guy in this kind of form, although he missed the cut at the open, tied six at the John Deere, tied seventh at the Travelers, tied 20th at the U.S. Open, second at the Memorial. Uh, the, guy is, the guy's ready for a win. And I, I, I couldn't leave this week. I couldn't leave him off the, the betting card this week. Oh, Patrick, he is statistically the best player in the field over the last 36 rounds. He is statistically the best player in the field over the last 50 rounds. He is statistically the second best player in the field over the last 75 rounds. And he is just, just, wow, statistically second best player in the field over the last 100 rounds. Denny McCarthy, what could possibly go wrong? I think he's going to do the damn thing. Like, so, huh. like, like Greg said, it, it's like everything's coming together for him. It's perfect time, perfect spot. Us three are all on him. Conviction play. It's never happened before in the podcast history. I don't think so, at least. So it makes almost too much sense. And if you want to throw another wrinkle in, he could be that wrinkle for the U.S. Ryder Cup team. I have not lost hope. The Denny McCarthy <laughs> fan club is still here to stay. We mean business. We mean it this week. We mean it this week. Uh, who's your other golfer? It's actually the longest one that we have on the on the card this week. Oh, uh, Andrew Putnam, 80 to 1. He's gained over four strokes on approach in his last two starts. Uh, top 10 in approach and putting over the last three months. Top 20 in driving accuracy as well. Uh, I think the boys are just sleeping on him. T5 at the Memorial. You know, a place you got to keep the ball in the fairway. And so... 80 to one, Andrew Putnam. I need to make a splash uh, where I, I promised the people out there we'd get back to at least even by year's end, and it's coming up quick. Uh, so, hence the 81. <laughs> yeah, good, smart idea going a little bit further down the board. I already said my second guy was uh, Aaron Rye, unless uh, in case you missed that. Greg, uh, you are adding a golfer to your outright card who has not played particularly great as of late, but you are buying it. He has a great record here, uh, and that would be Sung J.M. At the Wyndham Championship, he's played it four times. All four are top 25 finishes. Three of them are top 10s, and his best ever finish was a tied second last year. Uh, Sung J's performance has been so-so. I, I completely agree. R rather pale, if you're looking at rickrongood.com, which is definitely something that I highlight uh, I, I don't see any glaring problems with his game. Um, I, I think that the iron play has been a little shy of what it normally is. But I think on a golf course like this, um, it, it gets a little bit easier on your approach shots. It puts a little more pressure on the putting, which he has shown the ability to to spike on the greens, um, not just here, but over the past couple of weeks as well. So the upside for Sungjae is really high uh, for me. And I, I quite frankly, I trust him with the driver, even though it hasn't been typical robo Sungjae. I still think he's close. Denny, 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 Sungjae, Putnam, Aaron Rye for the boys and the outright selections. Then 
because we usually do so poorly in these. We beg, we beg Josh for an extra $50. He gives it to us. We're allowed to put it on anything that we want, Josh. Wow. 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 So first off, Patrick, I'm proud of you for first, first and foremost, you have turned over a new leaf. It only took you 44 events, uh, 44 of 44, but you finally got to the finish line and are going to turn over a new leaf and you are going to be a positive player. In fact, you have actually, have you trademarked this name yet? I have not. No. Uh, I mean, a ton of sports books are reaching out to me looking to boost it. Yes. Um, but I'm holding out. I'm holding out. Yes, like I'm, I told I'm, you guys, I've been, I've been taking those phone calls all day long. And I said, what, take your offer, double it. Call me back. Patrick's positivity parlay is on the board. Yes. And, and look, we're down $408. We need to make a big sp- Big splash with these uh, these fifty nuggies we got. So plus ten thirty five, a little make the cut parlay. Billy Horschel, mm. that's not going wrong. Alex Noren, the Swede, Justin Suh, Greg loves him, so that means he's in through the weekend. Andrew Putnam, <laughs> he might honestly win this golf tournament. And for good vibes only, I, some of these guys I've talked really bad about in the past. But this is the one that's going to turn it around. This is the one he's going to need a birdie on 18. He's going to get it for us. Justin Thomas. I hope four of these guys make the cut. <laughs> and the fifth and the fifth one is still out on the golf course on Friday night after coverage ends. And you've got to go through the shot link of like uh, sweating, <laughs> sweating Andrew Putnam to like make par on the last or whatever it would be so good. That's why you do it. After though. coverage ends, the worst form of sweating. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, I'm really nervous about and, Justin and they, Thomas. They end coverage with a birdie yes. on like 17. Yes. And then you have to watch 18 yeah. on shot tracker. Uh, Doug Gim top 40 for me. He's been playing great golf. I don't care that he blew up at the Scottish Open. He got right back on track uh, next week. Greg, you found another way to get a little action down on Justin Suh. Justin Suh, it has been... uh, He's made every cut since the the Byron Nelson, which is back in May. Um, The performances have been, you know, okay, I would say. They're, um, you know, tied 16th is his best finish in that stretch. Tied 56 is his worst. The putter has been a real strength of his, and uh, I put a lot of emphasis on that this week. Um, and and uh, the other thing that I really like about Justin Suh, not an overly long hitter, but he is very accurate off the tee. Got a chance to watch him play a little bit at the 3M Open last week. Uh, Love what I saw with that golf swing. So I, I think he's um, ready to play well this week, and I, I like plus 125 for a top 40. All right. Well, we've got just one. Final thing to do. Paul in the chat, not (laughs) confident about JT's chances to get the job done. The final thing we need to do, the one and done. The one and done. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? 
A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. And we're back. Just put a bow on this. The candidates for Rookie of the Year, Eric Cole, Taylor Montgomery, Thomas Dietrich, Vincent Norman, Sam Stevens. Vincent Norman has a win, but Eric Cole by a mile, right? Yeah. My vote's for Cole. Do you get a vote? Uh, On this podcast, I do. (laughs) (laughs) It is valuable on this podcast, and I agree. Is that a consensus? 3-0, 3-0, yeah. yeah. Yeah, my vote doesn't matter, but it, it would be 3-0. Yeah, unless, uh, I don't know, maybe if Dietrich wins this week, and I don't know. But as of now, it is Mr. Eric Cole. One and done, the final regular season event. About 1-3, I think, for first, and then a ton of money on the line the next couple of weeks. And there is a consensus at the top, we'll get there in just one second. Down at the bottom at $9.3 million, Kyle has opted for Sam Burns. He is a lone wolf in that way. Plenty of upside. Patrick and me. Oh, Patrick. <laughs> does this work out well? or does I can't remember. This doesn't work out well, right, when it's you and I? We, we've done it twice. Uh, Max Homa, Tory Pines. That worked and out. And John Rahm, US Open. So both top 10. Oh, but beauty. We're, then we're winning this week. Who do we have? We've got uh, Russ Bus Henley, the uh-huh. favorite of this golf tournament, the man who should have won in 2021, uh, but he missed out on that six-man playoff entirely. Three straight top ten finishes here. He knows how to win now. He wanted my Koba, got the monkey off his back. Uh, so I-, I love him this week, and I love, I love the setup of this board, especially at the top. Yes, we'll get there in just one second. Greg, you gave us the pitch on Sung J M a bit earlier, and here he is making it to your outright, or excuse me, to your one and done wager. I would I would love to have been able to play Danny McCarthy this week. Uh, that was not in the cards, but fortunately, Sung J M was, uh, and and I love I just love the course history here, and I don't think his performance has been. Uh, so poor to stray me away from that. So this is the kind of week I look at this golf course for him as somebody who's maybe, you know, middling or not really doing much. This is the kind of golf course that can send him in an upward direction heading into the playoffs. So love Sungjae. Love that I'm lone wolf. Love that there is opportunity at the top of the board. Opportunity is a knock. And seeing Ajad went with Steven Yeager. The fans, Kyle M., and Mark, the three at the top have all selected the same golfer. They will move in. What's the word for tandem when there's three? Trio? Uh, Trio? Unison? Mm, I was hoping for a more three specific word. Hmm. They will move in trio. <laughs> Hopefully. That's not it. <laughs> down the board as we pass them. And their selection is 
JT posting for this week. What do we think about that? We like that they're all the same. JT's been playing well. That's yeah, it. it's a good. It's a good play. <sighs> He's the best. He's JT. been playing a lot, though. He's been playing a lot. Do you think that 72nd hole disaster will frazzle him from last week? I just think, I mean, no, <laughs> me neither, but I'm trying here, Greg. I'm trying hard. <laughs> Is this week five or six for him in a row? Uh, I could tell you. He's because he's been going, he's been, he's been overseas. He's got to be tired at this point. Yeah. He played, he played uh, the John Deere Scottish Open 3M here. A lot five. of golf. A lot of golf. This is five in a row. This is five in a row. Yeah, this is five in a row. He's got to be tired. Come on. Mm, I like I like him a lot, but like T fifty two, T seventy four. Yeah, yeah. Missed the cut or missed the cut. (laughs) Get rested up for the FedEx Cup playoffs. You're good. Come on. You're gonna you're gonna be fine. Have a great little have a great little playoff run. We don't need you here. Does he listen? What are the chances he listens? I mean, he oh, tweeted at Kyle on Sunday. There, he's you, aware. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure the odds are low, but there are actually a lot of things that we say that end up getting back to players, which is like a little bit, a little bit scary at times. I've said some things and I've gotten like, oh, so and so heard about that. Ooh, okay. uh, that makes a lot now. Player yeah, relations. I, I never understood why some guys would just like scoff at me. Yep. 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 <laughs> Player relations. I'm joking. I'm joking. So to recap, and this thing has tightened, man. It is tightened at the top. And there is, oh my God, there's $14 million left on the line. $15 million left on the line for our audio only listeners. Mark, 16.6 million. JT Poston. Kyle M, 15.4 million. JT Poston. The fans, 14.5 million. JT Poston. Rick, 14.2. Russell Henley. Sia, 12.4. Steven Yeager, Greg, 11.3. Sung J M, Patrick, 9.36. Russell Henley, Kyle, 3.33. Sam Burns. Those selections for the Wyndham Championship wanted up. Wow. What a week. Let's go. What a week. <sighs> Will they have the magic board that shows us the outcomes? Yes or no? No. No. They just do it with graphics now, right? Yeah. I'm going to say no, but if they do, I really hope it's Mark who has to do it. (laughs) I would pay. I would empty the bank account for a live segment where they just cut to Mark on a giant touchscreen that he didn't get a chance to use before explaining playoff scenarios to us. I would die. It would be the best day of my life. It'd be very entertaining. <laughs> even if he could, even if he knew the thing like the back of his hand, I'd love to see that. I mean, he, that, that, that's the thing. He knows it. He just, I, I need, I need him to show me on the technology. I oh, need you want to see some, you want to see tech struggles. Correct. Yeah. In public. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what I want. Any final thoughts, Jets, before we get out of here? Um, Comcast top 10 ends this week so that's probably why sam burns is in the field trying to get inside the top 10 there aeon risk reward challenge as well okay uh, and hold on a second Th- these are these are the absolute worst sponsorship deals on tour Con- no I-, I will take that back 
Comcast Business Tour Top 10 is. Yes. Because you're supposed to get, first off, no one knows, no one cares. None of these guys even play the last week. Well, that's why it was originally the Wyndham Rewards. Right. And it lasted one year. Then it went to something else. Then it went to Comcast Business. I can't even remember what the other one was. So Comcast Business uh, Tour Top 10, at least they get some mentions throughout the year that they wouldn't otherwise get. It's not valuable. There's no value. In I always, I always wonder about that. Yeah. But here nor there. The, <laughs> I actually do like the risk reward thing. I actually think they should make that a bigger deal. Like this whole, here's the scoring averages, et cetera. Et cetera. I actually do like that. I actually think it should be a bigger deal. Do you, I actually, I stumbled upon who is leading the Aon risk reward challenge. Any guesses? I know for you a know? fact. I don't. But to, to let Greg think for a little bit more, I like that idea. They should lean into it into tournaments. You know how at 3M they had drinks for every birdie on a par three? They should do that at every Aon Risk Reward Challenge. They should at least have like a board dedicated to it at that green that you can see what the what the current standings are, what the scoring average of this hole is, if you hit it in the water. Like I actually think th- there's been an embrace of technology and scoring averages and strokes gained and all this i actually think the idea is good i think the execution should be a lot could be a lot better it could be very cool i agree and and it's hard to know like you know we we should have an idea of who uh, who, where that stands there's a chance there's a chance that i don't even find out what hole it is until like sunday when i accidentally see it like right bigger than that yeah come on it's par five I know. The other thing is, um, have you? I I did see when I was out there for the first time. They do have a, they have it designated at the tee box. There's like a little marker. Oh, so the players know. So the players, in theory, could see it. There is a little marker there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So who is it? Who's leading? Can Greg? You guess. I'm like 94 percent sure about this. Guess, Craig. Can I ask one for one? Uh, is it a top 10 player in the world? We'll tell you he's in the field this week. In the field this week? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm already wrong. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> so you, it went from you knowing to a fact to 94% to wrong. Oh, sorry. Yes. Sorry, sorry. No, Patrick's right. I, I, oh. thought, I thought it was the, uh, the guy in second I thought was in first. So he, uh-huh. is, not, he is not in the field this week. So you're definitely not going to get it. Okay. Um, uh, I'll guess Scotty Scheffler. Fourth. Not a bad guess. Um, okay. Patrick, tell Here the people. House Tyrell Hatton. Tyrell Hatton. Wow. I thought it was Steven Yeager. Yeager's in second. Which Yeager's played 94 holes. Hatton's played 50. Wow. And it's just relative to par. This whole how, thing. I got to How fix, has he played 94 holes? I got to fix everything. I got to fix everything. You know, they really should I really need to be golf czar. I got to fix all, all this stuff bothers me. Yeah, I think your numbers are off. What do they have to go to only designated events or something? No, it's or not non-designated. It's by round. Average per round. So he's played he's played 90 Four oh my god, I'm an idiot. Never mind. Rounds. 
Yeah, that's on me. I was thinking 94 tournaments. No. Played in this year. Yeah. 94 rounds. Fleetwood's <laughs> only played 46. He shouldn't even be eligible. Mm. I don't know. It's the whole thing. Justice for Jaeger. <sighs> okay. Um, it's been a pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you for letting me vent my frustrations to you on this beautiful Tuesday. We'll be back Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for round-by-round recaps of the Wyndham Championship for now. Producer Josh does all the hard work behind the scenes. Greg Ducharme available on Twitter at the Real GFD. Patrick McDonald available at Amateur Status. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.